Welcome to the Afro Aloha podcast. I'm your host, Amy Benson, and today we have actor and photographer Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill is most notably known for his work in Boardwalk Empire, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, as well as his current role, Theodore T.C. Calvin, on the reboot Magnum P.I. In addition to that, he's going to be playing the role of Buster in the upcoming film, The Color Purple. Stephen, hey, hello. Hey. What's <laughs> up, Amy? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today, and it's been really interesting to see your career completely unfold and evolve, but I know you've been in here, Hawaii for about five years, living in Honolulu. Yeah, yeah, about five and a half, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so before we jump into some of your current projects and mm -hmm. the path that led you here to Hawaii, but also some of your background in the film industry, I'd really like to talk about your upbringing. I know that you were born in New York and spent mm -hmm. some time in Jersey. How was that yep, like? Yep. So born in New York, um, Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, okay. across the street from where Malcolm X was assassinated. Really? At the Autobahn Ballroom, yeah. Um, and lived in New York for just a, a short spell and then uh, moved to Inglewood, New Jersey. And then my parents, they... Uh, they got divorced when I was around three years old or something like that. And then uh, I think around the fourth grade, toward the end of fourth grade, we moved down to Willingboro, New Jersey, which is people that know Jersey and New York. They know it by by exits. Okay. So I was exit five on the turnpike. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I spent all my, my summers and weekends in New York. I literally took a bus to New York almost every weekend. Okay. So, yeah. That, and my dad, he stayed in Harlem. So I was like, Harlem, Jersey. So I'm like the only guy in Harlem that knows how to cut grass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so do you feel like Harlem, um, you know, spending so much time there contributed to the inspiration to want to get into film or acting or entertainment? How did you, um, as a youth, really transition into being inspired um, to go into film? Well, so in Harlem... A couple of friends of mine were like already, you, you know, they were going to like performing arts school. Okay. And, um, you know, they were into dancing and I was into dancing. Like I was big time always, you know, so I would go home. I would go to my dad's house on the weekend and I would learn like stuff from my friends and like style or whatever. Mm -hmm. And this was before Instagram, right. social media. So I always had that kind of like that New York swag. Mm. And then I would go to South Jersey and they would be like... What's he doing? Like, they always thought I was corny for six months. And then the <laughs> style would make its way. Wait, okay. And then they would be like, oh. But nobody ever apologized. Like, yo, we, we played you <laughs> out like six months ago. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, that, that's, that was that era when everybody was so different because you couldn't just turn on the TV mm -hmm. and see what was cool. Mm -hmm. Like, you kind of evolved your own sense of style. And I had this New York style because I was always in New York. Um, so that, that kind of showed me at an early age that kids are followers mm -hmm. and it kind of made me march to the beat of my own drum very early on. I love that. So are yeah. we talking about in the eighties or are we talking about like uh, what time frame are we talking about? Eighties, nineties. Yeah. 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 I graduated high school in 95. So, um, yeah, definitely eighties and nineties and then a close, close friend of mine, her name is Kendra Reevy. Everybody knows her as Binky. She is, uh, she had a group called Electric Red at one point. She's a um, choreographer. 
She's doing wardrobe now in the industry. I think she did wardrobe for the last Super Bowl or something like mm-hmm. that. Wow. Um, but she told me, she was like, I was like, Binky, um, how do I get into this industry? Like, I had graduated from college. I was modeling in college. And then I came back to New York. And she was like, oh, you should go take some acting classes. And I was like, how do I do that? And she was like, I heard about this lady named Susan Batson. You should go there. So I owe Binky because I went to Susan Batson. Susan was incredible. And uh, 20 years later, I'm still here. Okay. So you (laughs) mentioned college. I know that you went to Hampton University and Hampton Mm -hmm. University is an HBCU. Um, In addition to that, I believe your founder of Hampton University also went to high school in Hawaii at Punahou. Mm -hmm. And so for for those listeners that might not be in Hawaii, Punahou is a private school Mm -hmm. that um, Barack Obama also attended. Mm -hmm. Um, And so is that like a uh, fun fact that everyone that goes to Hampton University knows? Or is this something that... I don't think many people know that, Mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. I didn't put that together until I got here. Okay. Um, it might have been one of those things that you hear and you just don't, you know, it doesn't mean much to you because, like, oh, Hawaii, whatever, because you didn't go to Hawaii. Right. But for me, being in Hawaii is like, oh, okay, I get it. Oh, I like, I just like connecting dots anyway. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's cool that people know that, and especially people in Hawaii. But if you really go back into the history of it, his parents were, um, the first missionaries here Mm. so depending on how you look at history missionary may not be a great thing right you know because missionaries um typically come with colonization so we're talking about an island that was colonized in a way that is unsavory for a lot of people yeah um so and it was almost the same thing for him starting at hbcu if you're honest about why these historically black colleges and universities for people that don't know that's what hbcu stands for Mm -hmm. um a lot of them were started because it was like what are we going to do with these negroes yeah and and i want to be very clear that the founder is not black and a lot of the founders of hbcu colleges you know and universities are not no not black but i will say hampton university um booker t washington went to hampton and then he left Hampton and started Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, at least, at least we can say a brother started. <laughs> <laughs> I know a brother started that one. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that was a pretty cool factoid to know. But, you know, history has a way of um, evolving, right? Like, it evolves. So, it may have started with this particular seed, Mm -hmm. but then it evolves into something else. So Hampton University may have started in a way where it was like, okay, we got to indoctrinate or colonize these young Negro minds, Mm -hmm. right, Um, and figure out what we're going to do with them so that they don't come, you know, knocking on our back door, ready to, our front door, ready to, you know, wreck shop. So, um what ends up happening is, you know, you get a lot of educated and uh, upwardly mobile and really, like, beautiful people mm-hmm. that are, like, out in the world doing some amazing things. Yeah, and you're one yeah. of them. And, and, you know, we've been able to talk to a few people on the podcast already yeah. that did attend an HBCU, and mm-hmm. they are here in Hawaii doing incredible work. Yeah. And so, yeah, I always want to highlight that because – 
um, education is so important, but there's that cultural aspect too that Mm -hmm. I I feel like people that HBCUs really get to experience. And so did you at any point at your HBCU do any performing arts or theater? I I just really want to know how you made, before you got to Susan Batson, Mm -hmm. what was happening at Hampton University that you feel you can link your film career to now? Okay, so really it started in high school. Mm. So in high school, we had a television class, right? And, you know, some people, it was, it was one of those classes you just kind of take to kind of coast. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. it's, it's just like an Like an elective class. or yeah. like a, right. a, you take home ec or um, you take, yeah. you know. <laughs> but I loved it. Though. Yeah, And exactly. the home ec was right across the, across <laughs> the hall. It was either home ec or like girls were like curling. Like they had the little... The little heads, they were walking around with the <laughs> yeah, heads curling cos- hair. Cosmetology. Yeah, cosmetology was right across the hallway. Absolutely. So we would always go over there and interview the cosmetology girls. Um, but, uh, you know, I remember, you know, at the time going to see specific um, films like um, Moon Better Blues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the Spike Lee. Uh, yeah, the Spike yeah, Lee, yeah. that era, that, that um, what else, Spike Lee, uh, Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. You know, all those films were like, oh, this is incredible. And I used to want to be a director at the time. Okay. So I was like, okay, cool. I want to be a director. I got to take these classes. And I took it really seriously. And I remember we in high school, we learned, we figured out how to do that floating dolly shot mm-hmm. that Spike Lee does in yeah. all his movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember, I have still footage somewhere of me, like, doing that in school, um, just, like, through the hallways. And then I graduated, went to Hampton, because they offered cinematography. Okay. And then I got to Hampton and I went to the lady and I was like, yo, um, she's like, what do you want to take, sugar? And I said, I want to take <laughs> cinematography, right? I'm sitting in Whipple Barn, you know, signing up for my classes. And uh, she goes, oh, we ain't had that in a long time. And I said, no, it's right here. It's in the brochure. She said, oh, somebody gave you an old brochure, sugar. <laughs> You're like, right? hold on. And I came like, down here with this. So I was like, oh, man, like what am I supposed to do? And she said, well, you could take broadcasting classes, mass media. And she said, you could take photography as an elective. So that's what I did. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, your photography. Like, I think everyone knows you for being an actor, but I really, I mean, your photography is absolutely stunning i mean you're a great storyteller thank you thank you it's the first time actually you introduced me as an actor and photographer i think that might be the first time that's ever really yeah and i don't think anybody's ever called me a photographer i mean but you yeah. are like yeah. I, I'm, i've been watching in fact I'm, i think i'm more familiar with your photography than i am mm. um with a lot of your film and your your tv roles that means you watch uh more instagram TV I, um, TV. yeah more yeah i do <laughs> I, I watch more digital media <laughs> yeah, than yeah. i do um, a lot as a lot of people do these days yeah yeah but also mm-hmm. you pointed out in boardwalk empire you were the one who shot Ch- uh chalky yep yep. <laughs> yeah when we were talking about that i was I like did. oh my god may, i may remember he rest it. in peace may michael k williams rest absolutely in peace. Yeah. absolutely yeah. he was a incredible actor storyteller mm-hmm. and all the things yeah he was super um uh, I have that on footage too. His rap out, you know, when you, you know, you do your thing as a as an actor, and you know, it's like your last day. I was there, his last day, mm. and um, uh, he was really well loved on that set. Yeah, and, and you can tell when when you're wrapped out in a certain way where you get like, like 
like an ac- accolades and like you can tell the way people cheer for you in a rap. Yeah. And um, he was cheered for very, very heavily. So, um, yeah, may he rest in peace. Yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, so many times like we, you know, you have a lot of those moments on set where it's not just work. Right. Mm. And so, for example, you know, with being in Hawaii and playing a, a, a important role on Magnum PI, mm-hmm. have you been able to really have uh, strong relationships outside of just filming with many of the local people that are part of Magnum PI and everyone here in Hawaii? What is your relationship right now with Hawaii? Um, so I got to give uh, Jay Hernandez a shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first got here, you know, I was coming off of struggling as an actor for about 15 years straight and trying to figure out, you know, how to put two, two pennies together. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and so I didn't have a bunch of money in the bank from other jobs already. Right. Right. This was like a big break for me. So um, I remember saying, damn, it's expensive in Hawaii. Yeah. I was like looking at, I was like, okay, I'll move here. And they were like, nah, that's rent control. You can't move there. And I'm like, damn. What? Yeah. I was like, what? Four thousand a month? You know, I was like, yo, I, I got to get that first check. You know how, you know how it is. You know, you got to get that first check. So I was like, okay, I need that first check, Um, but I got to stay somewhere before that. So I hit up Jay. I actually hit up Zach Knighton, who plays Rick on the show. Okay, and he was like, oh, you better call Jay because there's a, you know, there's a a extra room in the house because they were roommates the first year. And so I was like, all right, I hit up Jay and I was like, um, yo, man, I heard you, you got a third room, <laughs> you know, could you put me up for a few weeks? And he said, uh, I got, I think my wife's coming with the kids, but he was like, you know, let me check. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, he ain't going to come through. You know, I was like, I don't know, this is a formality now, you know? And then he called me back in two minutes. He called me back and he was like, yo, she's good. She's not bringing the kids for like a month and a half. You good to go. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, man, you good. So we all moved in. It was me, uh, Zach and Jay all in the same apartment. And so we got close. Yeah. And so yeah. what year is this? Because you've been in Hawaii for five years. So um, right now it's 2020. Okay. So 2018. So, yeah. Yeah. 2019. And so I really, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that out of like mm-hmm. having room roommates, even as you um, mm-hmm. have had some successes yeah. in, in this industry, but that's just a testament to how challenging this industry could be. And mm-hmm. so for those that might be listening um, you know, people may see you on TV, but when you are transitioning to these new locations or mm. new chapters, there can be uh, still a rough road. Yeah. 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 And I, and I think it's it's not even just the industry, just our economy mm-hmm. and how far a dollar stretches in yeah. our day and age. Right. You know, um, more and more people are forced to, to find themselves looking for roommates Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah it's kind of messed up it is kind of messed up and the thing is that's like that is really the standard in Mm -hmm. hawaii Mm -hmm. i feel like before okay so i've been in hawaii for 10 years my 10 year anniversary is coming up in about two weeks right okay and my you hear that long yeah (laughs) no wonder okay now it makes sense i'm like yo she's magic (laughs) she's in everything (laughs) like how does she do that i thought you were here for like like the same time i was here you know what i mean okay all right you got a little head start yeah i got got a little head start (laughs) (laughs) so but for the most part that has been 
really the the standard of a lot of people's experiences, especially mm-hmm. people that are on that come to Hawaii on this side. And what I mean by that is on the civilian side, mm-hmm. for people that particularly may be military and they relocate here, their experience can be totally different. Yeah. But for a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs or um, people just in general on this on this side, we we tend to see people have roommates. But when mm-hmm. we think about you know, where we're relocating from, that's really looked down upon, right? Like you get to a certain aspect of life. I'm in my thirties now. And Mm -hmm. if, you know, back in Atlanta, if you, I I, I I relocated here from Atlanta. If you had a roommate in Atlanta, people would be really looking down on you. Well, that's because Atlanta was a, a bit more affordable, but in New York, Okay, was is that the New York experience that you uh, might New have a York roommate? New York is like you, you're gonna have a roommate. You okay, know? and honestly, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest here, um, and I'm pretty sure it was looked down upon. You know that I I had a place I was subleasing, mm. and then I got p- kicked out of that place because my the guy I was subleasing from decided he was gonna stop paying the rent. I was paying him, but he stopped paying. And, uh, and this I, was here in Hawaii? No, or this was in New York. In New York, okay. So then I got ousted and I moved in with my pops, you know. Yeah. And luckily, my like having that opportunity to live with my father allowed me to focus on the mm-hmm. acting more, right? And I think this is a, uh, a black family kind of thing where it's like, all right, Okay, you, it's eighteen. 18 you graduate. It's time to get on get on up get out of this house. house. You ain't you got you ain't, you ain't got to stay here, you know. And I think giving your your children opportunity to stay home mm-hmm. while they grow, I think it helps them. You know, I think it's actually a good thing. Now, if they just sitting at home playing video games, yeah, it's time to go. But if you're actually like working hard at doing something which I was doing, mm-hmm. um, it, it can be a blessing, and it really was. So I got to thank my father for that. And has your parents just been very instrumental in your growth from a support level, like a support system of being able to pursue some of your dreams? Well, my father, you know, it's incredible that he was able to do this because he, he grew up, um, he was born in uh, uh, Alabama. Right, he's from Birmingham. I'm Dolomite. from Birmingham. Yeah, he well, he's from the little tiny Dolomite area right around. So, um, him coming from Birmingham, um, and dealing with getting hit with uh, water hoses during mm-hmm. the, the you know during that time in the South, uh, that's what made him have to go to New York and okay. live with my aunt, um, who my aunt became basically like his surrogate mom. Um, so. Uh, and then he went to Vietnam, you know, so to go through all of those things and to then come back, have me pay for me to go to school. Mm-hmm. He paid out of pocket for me. Wow. To go to school. So I had a, one school loan that I paid off, you know, and that was it. And I, I think it was just, he was, he was kind of boycotting. He was tired of paying, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so he was like, well, you better That's get a school it. loan, okay. you know? So I got a school loan for one month and that was it. But he paid for me out of pocket again. I wow. really thank my father for that. Um, but it was when my mother passed away, I had already graduated and I was selling copiers for Xerox. I hated doing that, but it was a, a good first job out of college to have. Um, and then my mom died. I always remember her, you know, 
wishing that she could do other things. Mm. I felt like she didn't get a chance to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she also came from the South. She's from uh, uh, Durham, North Carolina. And so I feel like so many people in those generations weren't, they didn't have the luxury Mm -hmm. of pursuing something that they love to do. Right. You know, they just had to get good, good jobs. Yeah. You know, and just, just put the, put their head to the floor and mm-hmm. just go. Whether right? they liked it or not. Yeah, it wasn't even a thought not, of like, it was let's like, explore yeah, what I might like. This is health insurance. This is, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They had to do what they had to do. And, um, I think we honor them by being able to have a little more freedom and doing what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, sometimes we, we kind of start smelling ourselves and we think that it's not, uh, that it's all about us. Right. But it, we are able to do these things because of, you know. Their sacrifices. Because of their sacrifices. Absolutely. You know? So um, uh, it was when my mom passed away, I was like, you know what? She didn't get a chance to do what she really wanted to do. So I'm going to take that chance. Mm. And know? what year was that? That was 03. Yeah. So over yeah. 20 years, you've been literally with your with your mom at the forefront of mm-hmm. just really trying to to do so many of the things that she yeah. didn't have the freedom to do. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, like, I remember seeing the original Color Purple and being like, oh, man, like kind of watching that with my mom, you know? Yeah. Watch it. It was certain things that were like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like everybody had to watch. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Color um, Purple. I think we all Color watched Purple it. Color Purple was one. Yeah. Uh, the women of Brewster Place. Mm-hmm. I remember that was yep. a big deal. You know, there was just certain things like every Michael Jackson video that came out. Yep. And his videos used to come out like on like ABC, NBC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how big he was. Um, but then I remember that the Cosby Show, like certain things, like we just watched this like family. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's interesting to be on the television now because she's never really seen me on that outside wow. of a fashion show I did one time. Um, and you see me walk for two seconds. I did the first fashion show for BET before okay. they called it Rip the Runway. Okay. Um, and we used to do the fashion show at uh, King's Dominion. Uh-huh. And um, so I did that. And I remember my mom could see me on TV doing that. And other than that, she never really got a chance to see me on TV. So your career really took off. Your first was, your first appearance was... It's always sunny in Philadelphia, or was it Law and Order? Law and Order. Yep. Law and Order. What year was that? Ah, uh, man, I think that took me a good. That was probably like 2010, maybe. Okay, so you had nine. been in the industry. Yeah. You had been pursuing it for at least seven years at that. Yeah, point yeah, yeah. Before, I think, well, six years, I think, before yeah. I actually got a speaking role on TV. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. To be like committed to something for you. because a lot of times we want results right away. A lot of people want results right away. You know, to be like pursuing our purpose yeah. in our passion for seven years. And then mm. finally, and I don't know if it's a break, right? Is that, is, is that what people well, it, refer it to like as that. a break? It happens like that for some people. Mm-hmm. Some people it happens right away. You know, everybody's uh, journey in this business is very different. Yeah. You know, and you you can ask a hundred people and get a hundred totally different answers on how they got to where they get. Yeah. You know, there's some fundamentals that you just have to have. Like you you should study. Um, I, a lot of people want to skip that step. 
Um, but I think you should at least do some sort of study. Like I didn't do the traditional study route. Like mm -hmm. I didn't go to school and get a and get a degree for acting. But I studied with Susan Batson, and she knows she knows her stuff. So um, and I put in a good three years there. Yeah. So it's very similar to the four years I put in the college. You know. Right. So um, and I always I always return whenever I can. But I would say study, and then it's just perseverance mm -hmm. how how bad do you want it and how bad do you want it but also keep your dignity about yourself yeah you know don't want it so bad that you you know you're willing to do anything for it you know I was never that guy yeah, yeah. so with you being in Hawaii now I really want to like kind of talk from a perspective of not just Magnum PI but like your experience in Hawaii mm -hmm. overall and so what has it been like being on the Magnum PI? Um, okay, so I'm in a pocket. Hawaii is a serious pocket. Mm -hmm. It's a side pocket, corner pocket. I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah. But it's a pocket unlike any other. Right. Right. Um, and what happens is it's not no, so much of what your experience is here. It's what happened to your relationships back home. Mm. So, one, you're either five or six hours. You know, me being on, from the from the East Coast, you're always five or six hours difference in time. From Absolutely. Everybody. So that gives you a smaller window, window. of contact with people back Absolutely. home. Absolutely. Um, so. If you miss that, you could find a, a whole week can go by and you miss those windows mm -hmm. and you just don't talk to people. Um, but then there's a thing when I think in specifically in the black community where when you make it, people kind of think that you've changed mm. and they don't actually realize that they've changed, you know. Um, so there were people where the phone stopped ringing you know i didn't hear from those people i've had people unfriend me on social media platforms um and I'm like, damn what's up with that right. and they don't realize that like i i probably put more emphasis on a social media than any than most people would because that's my portal to home yes right like that's what, what's everybody doing you know because yeah. i so can't keep it up you yeah, know really i can't go to the you know to the random party or you know such and such as having a birthday get together right you can't or, just pull up you know to dance africa or you know whatever oh there's a play and such and such as that you know i'm not there for any of those things right no plays no nothing you know um so i'm just like kind of living vicariously through other people's instagram pages <laughs> and so you know you you lose certain relationships which at you know at the time kind of hurt you know what i mean it like does. it was like like damn like you feel you feel, and then you can feel lonely because your culture's not here and one thing hawaii i would say taught me was um things that i thought back home were universal that like everybody knew mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hawaii will continually remind you that end like what you think is important is not important everywhere in this world. Yeah. So I mean, like even the like simple things, like you know how many people I've met that have never seen 
coming to America? Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> I do know. I've been and here for I'm, 10 years. You'd be like, huh? Like, what? How, did, how, how is that possible? You know what I'm saying? So um, things or music. Yeah. I mean. Music. Yeah. It's like a time capsule I, over here. I've met people that don't know Michael Jackson songs here. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, this is insane. Like, and, and you know, there's still kids doing the moonwalk. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I don't understand what that disconnect is sometimes, but it can make you feel very lonely and isolated. Absolutely. And so you just got to find a tribe here. Mm-hmm. And what helps, what really helped me is realizing it ain't about me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, my being here, even if the people... Even if I've lost people back home, no matter who it is, they have to look at me and go, yo, all right, he made it, right? Yeah. And that might motivate them. Right. Whether we cool or not, hopefully I'm still a source of motivation for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that distance, you know, you talked about that distance, right? Not only is there a time separation, there's also a physical uh, separation with mm-hmm. Hawaii being so far yep. and, and remote, right? Yeah. So you're you're missing so many milestones in people's lives, mm-hmm. you know, like back back home, right? Yeah. And time goes by and it c- keeps going by, and you feel even more disconnected. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and you're right. You do have to, you know, like for me, I I, I experienced that in the very beginning. And I think um, as I started to really cultivate like community, um, mm-hmm. it really changed for me. Mm-hmm. And so through some of the work that I do with Afro Aloha, that's what the hope is, right? Is that there's still this sense of home um, mm-hmm. right here where we are so fortunate and lucky to call our new home. Yeah. 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 Um, and so with, with that and being, being here in Hawaii now, do you feel what are the you got you got you moved here from Georgia though? Did no, you, no, I came you move straight here? from New York. Straight from New York. Yeah. So and it was fast. It yeah. was like I auditioned and I was here two days later. So what do you think the biggest difference has been in the industries that you've seen? So you probably at this point have done some work in New York, maybe LA and all of these other places, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think the biggest difference has been difference has been in those industries, those film industries, and mm-hmm. then here? in this particular film industry? Um, I feel like here it's, uh, you know, the pool of talent is smaller here, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, and then the amount of work is smaller here, though. So it kind of like, that kind of evens out to a degree. Um, In New York, there's just a million shows. Yeah. Right? In LA, there's a bunch of shows. Uh, Atlanta, you know, Toronto, whatever. There's all this stuff, Chicago, all these things are being um, filmed, whether it be television or movies. Right. Right. Um, Here, it's like you get maybe two television shows and then maybe a movie here, a movie there. So um, they don't have they don't have to have as many um, production production crews here. Yeah. Uh, And then a lot of actors are brought in. Um, but then there, there's also talent here that, that you know, um, is are able to get breaks. Yeah. You know, and then typically if they get a big enough break, 
then they probably move off island and pursue their career yeah. further in Atlanta or LA or New York or whatever. So, um, but I would say major difference between the two is um, I see here, I see a lot more kind of like family hookups mm-hmm. here. Yeah. You know what I'm well, I think we see that. A little bit more nepotism here. Yeah. But I think it's in the whole industry, it's, but I see it more here. Yeah. And I also think that we see that not only in the film industry, but across the board, and especially in politics here, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, and I don't know if it's, like you said, because it's an island, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we most definitely see that in all of the industries here, yeah. not just in film. Do you think that Hawaii is going to be home, home for you? Because, like, you know, like they say, you, you, Five years, years just scratching the surface, right? Like with mm-hmm. 10 years, they're like, oh, well, now you're local. You know, that's kind of like the ongoing like joke or, mm-hmm. or, you know, or saying, right? Do you feel like Hawaii is go- going to be ultimately your forever home? Um, uh, I could see it being um, one of my homes, mm-hmm. right? I would like the, it to be one of my homes. Yeah. Um, the goal for me is to stay here it it would be hard for me to not be here in a significant way mm-hmm. um so i'm working on creating work so that i can stay here got it uh but obviously i can't green like that myself yeah so i need uh someone to see me just like they saw me to bring me here in the first place um so but if that happens i'm definitely going to be here you know how did you get the role on The Color Purple? So, yeah, we I want to talk about The Color Purple because that mm-hmm. is a classic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I almost feel like, is that sentimental for you as well, being cast in that in that film because you did spend time watching that film, the original, right, yeah. with your mom? Do mm-hmm. you feel like that's sentimental, being able to be cast on the upcoming Color Purple? Well, really... What was more sentimental for me even was that uh, people that I was on the grind with on mm. the way up brought me into that, right? Wow. So Destiny Lily, I got to give her a shout out. She's a casting director. And I remember, you know, we used to just hang around New York and and just kick it and just try to, we were all trying to figure it out. Yeah. And she's now you know, making strides as a casting director. And she told me she saw my, my, she texted me. And it's a great thing because a lot of times you don't get feedback in this industry. Yeah. And so she texted me. She said, hey, I saw your, your audition. It was great for, um, for The Color Purple. And, you know, she said to him, like, yo, he would be great buster. Like, you know, so that right. vote of confidence from her is probably why I got there. Okay. But then if it come, it then came across blitz's desk um uh who's the director and you know we've been just kind of kicking it at a black star film festival mm-hmm. um yeah i know. see that you go to a lot of film festivals yeah oh yeah i was the film You're, festival king yeah yeah you know? <laughs> i see <laughs> like, that you like you know, the a indie, festival dude <laughs> the black and the black specifically yeah the black indie film festival yeah you know i saw um, that 
I, I never really, I've have never been to Sundance. Right. But I've been to ABFF. Yeah, exactly. Many, many times. Yeah. You know, um, if I had to do it all over again, I would probably go to Sundance, <laughs> you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not upset with my journey. Mm-hmm. And my journey has been, I got to shout out ABFF. Yeah. I got to shout out uh, uh, Urban World. Um, Black Star Film Festival in Philly. Um, uh, Pan-African Film Festival, uh, Gary, Indiana Black yep. Film Festival. You know, these people, I, I just had a film. You were just there? I was just there. You were just there. And Gary. Yeah. Yeah. I was just there in Gary. I was also at um, the Detroit Black Film Festival mm-hmm. um, with a film where I play Eric Garner, a short film. And that really? is also playing, it was just playing at, uh, at the first um, film festival at uh, Howard University. That was there as well. So, you know, I'm still a the part circuit. of that world. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, still a part. I actually shot that right after shooting The Color Purple. Really? Yeah. So it was, uh, that was an interesting summer. I went from, you know, Magna PI, we got canceled, we got picked up at the same time. So mm-hmm. I was on The Color Purple set with a show that had gotten canceled. And then I was on Color Purple set with a show that got picked up. Yeah. You know? And that's a different feeling. So when did you guys film Color Purple? Last summer? Um, summer before last. Summer before last. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then I left that. And then I went to North Carolina. I went to uh, Winston-Salem for the National Black Theater Festival. You know? And I was uh, an uh, esteemed guest there. Yeah. You know, which was really cool to go back to a festival where I'd done a play there. And then to be brought back and yeah. be an esteemed guest. Um, and then I went to New York. So I went from this $100 million budget film to a very small, uh, a, a fraction drop in a bucket right. budget film. Right. But still important. Mm-hmm. All both of it's important. important. Right? Um, both contribute to the canon of black storytelling. Absolutely. In a, in a beautiful way. And I was just able... I was able to be a part of both of them. Um, and I'm just as proud as, as uh, uh, of the big budget mm-hmm. film as I am the small budget. And film. I love that. And I think that yeah. what's, what keeps you grounded. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and again, it's a, it's a, a learning, um, it's a teaching moment, you know, a self-teaching moment mm-hmm. when I'm on that set. And I'm like feeling good because I'm like I got a TV show, yeah, right. And then it's like, oh, well, no matter what they think, even though I have a smaller role yeah, in the yeah. film in Color Purple, but yo, I'm number four in the call sheet on this over right, here. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Um, but then also being on that set as somebody that's like, damn, I don't know what's next. You know, um, that show's over. Sheesh. Okay. All right, uh-huh. let me go over here in the corner, you know. But it's like it's the same. I'm still on the same color purple set, mm-hmm. right? What has changed? The only thing that has changed is what's happened to me. Mm-hmm. Nobody else knows that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's really how how do I, you know, how do I take that in, right? And and you know, you do some soul searching, and the beauty of it is, it's just. It's like, yo, this ain't this ain't really about you, Steve. This is about your being able to help Blitz. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. You're being able to make sure you do a great job so Destiny Lily looks good, mm. right? You're, you're being able to, hey, Fantasia, are you having a rough day? We have the same acting coach. Let me talk to you. Yo, sis, this is your time. I love it. You belong here. You know what I'm saying? Just completely removing like, ego and yeah, understanding that it's so much bigger than you. Now, whether she remembers that moment or not, don't really matter. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's not really about. And I, I'm just sharing that just to show, like, I had a chance to serve on yeah. that set. Yeah. You know? And, and I, I think that that's so beautiful that you're able to be in, like you said, the indie film space, the big budget space. Even with Marvel, for example, you were in Marvel's loop. Cage, yeah? Mm -hmm, yep. Mm -hmm. um, and so you've been in this wide scope of uh, different settings when we talk about film. And here you are on the Afro Aloha podcast. So I am yep. completely just That's honored. What it's all about. Exactly. To find ways to continue to storytell yeah. and, and share our stories. But I know the film is going to be coming out next month. And so I want to talk to the people about not only the film, but, you know, other projects that you might be working on in addition to. Your photography, we, we have to talk about that more. Like your photography uh -huh. is so fire, especially your uh, portraits. Mm -hmm. I've really been watching, you know, some of your photography work. What are you planning on doing with your path in photography? Um, well, the, the really cool thing about photography is that it, again, it takes you outside of yourself, mm -hmm. right? Because you are not the subject, Yeah. right? Um, it makes you look around yeah right it makes you take in your environment um so uh the plan for me they always say in hawaii to to give back right yeah um it's all about what you can give here versus what you can take here absolutely so i've had this plan to do um like a set of postcards mm -hmm. and then take proceeds from that and give back and to hawaii yeah. in some way um i love that so, I want to do that. And then I just want to do a book because I feel like we said earlier, I'm in this pocket. Yeah. Right. I'm in a pocket that is, I often am unseen. Mm. I feel unseen. Mm -hmm. Right. I could be doing amazing things, but we are, I almost want to say, I think that is, um, it is progress. Yeah. In a way where, the original TC, right? The first TC okay. in the 80s. Okay. He was playing the same character that I played, but he was into so many people. It was like, oh, that's that brother. Everybody knew him. Everybody right? knew him. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I can go under the radar, radar. Especially, especially with our people, because we have so many shows we can watch mm. that are only focused on us. Yes. Right? Whereas back then it was like, Oh, this show got a black dude on it. Let everybody tune it. in. Yeah. yeah like, right? come on, family. Like, Yo, look, they got a black guy on here. It's a black right? dude. So, but now we've made progress in that, like, yeah. you know, you don't got to tune in just to see the one black guy on the right. show anymore. So, um, I think, uh, am I answering your question? I'm yeah. Sure I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I get off, I get on a tangent. Yeah, with that no, one. I, no, you are, because um, we're talking about uh, ultimately what you want to do in not only photography, but like how you want to give yeah. back to Hawaii and 
you're so, walking oh, through that. That's what it was. That's what it is. Okay. You got me back on track. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so what it is, is the reason I want to do a book is yeah, I have exactly. stories to tell. Exactly. Right. And if my thing is, all right, look, when this is all said and done, and it's my time to go to the like uh what, what the upper room, Oop, the upper room. <laughs> How do you know I was gonna say that? Because that's black folks. Yeah, stuff. yeah. <laughs> that was so hilarious when Martin and um and uh, Eddie, Eddie Murphy were doing that on life. <laughs> right. So when it's my time, you know, I would like to know. I would like to leave something to tell my story. You know, oh. right now you can go to Instagram and if you really look and read and. You know, because I put a lot of story along yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. But it's just not. You're a great the, writer. But it's not the, it's not really the venue for it, right? Yeah. And I want to, even if, you know, it's a book, you don't got to be a bestseller, but it's something that somebody can mm-hmm. pull off the shelf a hundred years from now yeah. and say, damn, this brother lived. Yeah, yeah. And he was, he did great things. And yeah. right now, I think because we're so spoiled by greatness mm. right mm-hmm. it's like to be seen you got to be denzel seen yeah you got to be you know it's like we're just spoiled by greatness black folks yeah. and it has to be such a spectacle right for it to be respected now. or appreciated yeah or appreciated. is it is it almost is like this the black excellence mm-hmm. kind of concept has become the standard yeah you know what i mean yeah and so I think I understand what you're saying. It's like Usain Bolt is incredible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the other the dude that came in third is still faster than anybody you know right. in your entire neighborhood. But no one probably even remembers <laughs> the third. Exactly. But the he's third not, dude's name. Yeah. And that's just kind of how it goes. You know? And But it's always been that way. Mm-hmm. Right? Because Jesse Owens. Yeah. Right? Right. Jesse Owens, dude that came in second to Jesse Owens was Jackie Robinson's brother, mm-hmm. right? Who was, who, they say Jackie was actually faster than, than him, the Exactly. Than the brother. Right. So Jackie might have beat, beat Jesse Owens. It's all about, like, when and where the the light is put, put on you. Yeah. But as a, I was thinking about this today, and I was like, I'm going to say this on Amy's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so special. I well, I see you. I think it's profound. But the reality is a star's job is not to see itself. Yeah. It's just to shine. It's just to shine. It's to shine. And other people see it. Mm-hmm. Right? But the thing is we're all stars. Everybody's a star. Who's so somebody has a song like, like that? Everybody's a I'm star. I'm a star and all the rest of you guys are just humans looking up. No, we're all stars. Yeah. But it takes certain people to connect those dots and make the constellation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's really the power of it. Yeah. Right? The relationships. And a the lot people. of times, you on the film set, the people on the film are all consumed with their own shine. Yeah. Right? So they're not the person. It's those producers that you don't know. or the, You know what I mean? It's, it's a director, like a Blitz, who mm-hmm. goes, oh, you know what? Fantasia is my this person, you know, Taraji is this person, uh, you know what, Stephen Hill, you know what, yeah. and he'll, he'll, he sees that I go here, he, he sees that Fantasia goes yeah, here. Yeah, he can put the pieces, right? the and puzzle he can, together. And he can make that color purple constellation, Yeah, and it's him, and it's producers, and it's Oprah, and it's steven spielberg and it's you know all of these people that come together quincy jones all these people that make those things happen and i'm just happy to be a little twinkle 
Oh, that that's world, so beautiful. You know? And we're just yeah. happy that you're here in Hawaii and we're able to see that that light shine. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to be doing, Afro Aloha is going to be doing a private screening of The Color Purple on December 9th. And we are going to be honoring you at The Color Purple private screening because we, like for me, this is, I, I you know, I really want to do this more to be mm. able, like you and I have met and we really haven't had a chance to like sit and talk and truly chop it up. And so I feel mm. like I learned so much about you just in this moment. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, but I see you and, and I appreciate what you're doing and your, the hard work that you have contributed, not just to this industry, but even being here in Hawaii, it has to be honored. Mm. And I think that the podcast is going to be one way that more of the community learns about you and the work that you have done already mm. and are doing now and will continue to do. And so I really appreciate that you came on the podcast today and I look forward to seeing you on The Color Purple because it's actually one of my favorite films. And I love that it's going to be transitioned into this like music. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got my little, okay, my Color little, Purple. I got my little purple <laughs> on today, you know. <laughs> I'm watching all of these, all this stuff online with, you know, they are, they're on the press tour, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, wow, they're like killing it. And, you know, Blitz is running around. He got spats on. Yeah. And, you know, and they all, all the ladies got on the purple dresses. They're looking ready. You know, they blinging here and zinging over here. You know, it just looks beautiful. And yeah. it's like, I just love that. And there was a time in my immaturity where I'd have been like, damn. I can't wait until I get my chance to be on the press. Now I'm just, it's just beautiful to watch them enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I just love how modest you are in a sense of like, because you could really be on here talking your shit. I yeah. mean, you know, but that, you know, that's just well, the nobody, truth. Nobody, at the end of the day, nobody cares like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. you just be fooling yourself into thinking, of, you know, your own self. But especially here in Hawaii, though, because yeah. like the, the celebrity aspect in Hawaii mm. is almost, I don't want to say it's non-existent, but it's yeah. different. You know, and so, like you said, you can really go under the radar and continue to do all of this amazing work. Yeah. And you totally be under the radar and no yeah. one even knows. Oh, because Hawaii will f remind you to. They'll be like, um, <laughs> what? oh, sorry, I, didn't, I don't watch TV. <laughs> yeah. I've been at the beach all day. <laughs> everybody says they don't have a TV, which is a straight lie because everybody has a cell phone. And a cell phone is a modern day television. So stop it. <laughs> stop you have it. A TV. And uh, there's a thing here that I want to address. Yes. People think, one, I've said this before, and I said this recently in another podcast here in Hawaii, mm -hmm. and it was specifically around people in the industry. And I said, yo, watch the films in the TV shows here. Yeah. Yeah. Even you Don't wait until it's, because here's the deal. This is what people do. They get an extra role where they just walk by and, you know, and, and put a hot dog on your table. And they'll call every friend that they have. Uh -huh. They'll call all family. I'm going to be on such and such yeah. tonight. You got to watch. You got to watch. Mm -hmm. You got to watch. Mm -hmm. Right. But then they don't want to watch everybody else. Yeah. And it's not just you. Right. Like. And a lot of actors are this way. Like, oh, I don't want to watch myself. And it's like, <laughs> yo, it's not just about watching you. It's about watching the sound man that you know. Right. It's about watching his work. How about the DP? How about the the set decorators work how about the the wardrobe 
people's mm-hmm. work. Like there's so many people's work that you get to see when you watch. And TV is not the big bad guy, right? Yeah. They like to think, you know, like, oh, I don't watch TV. And it's like, listen, if if Shakespeare You're had, hilarious. If Shakespeare <laughs> I didn't realize had, how funny you were. Yeah, listen, if he had a TV he would be on to, he would have been writing television shows. Yeah. If he had uh, access to a film studio, Shakespeare would have wrote films, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, it's okay. And I'm, I'm going to address another thing. I, Cause you see people say, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I'm over here. I'm preaching now. Right. Let this, let this man we're just like, preach. Yeah. We're, we're, here. Trying to, we're trying to wrap up here. And I'm it's over like, here hold on. But no, I, I got to say this. Let this I'm man a, get I'm, it off your chest. I'm, I'm going to say this. Cause people go, you know, why does a, a color purple have to be made, right? Why we had? Why we got to remake that? Why you know get left that alone? Or no, we can't. Do we need another color purple? But the beauty of it is, I mean, last I checked, there were a lot of iterations of Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's also just how we tell stories. That's, you know, how many times you don't went to Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, whatever, you know, whatever you celebrate. And you had to hear your uncle tell the same story he'd been telling for the last 20 years. Right. But you enjoy it just the same. Exactly. right? Because that's your uncle. You love him. And you love that story. Yeah. Yo, unk, tell that story again. Da, da, da. Right. That's how we tell stories through repetition. And this is a fresh take mm. on it. Right. And from what I see, and I haven't seen it either, but f- and I've only been on, I was only on set for maybe about seven, eight days. Yeah. So there's only but so much I saw. But from what I gather from what Blitz came up with was there's an exploration of imagination, Mm. right? So it's these women dealing with this, the harsh realities of that time, but escaping through imagination. That's what I gather. I don't know. I could be wrong. Right. But we'll see if. With this adaptation of the musical, in a sense. In a musical, it's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. I mean, because we know Fantasia about to sing them lungs off. Yeah. Uh, You know. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) I sang that face off. Let's not forget when it was brought to Broadway, people were like, huh? What? How are they going to make that a Broadway show that's going to be the most depressing musical ever? Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. It was actually one of the most successful Broadway shows. Yeah. So I think this is going to be a film that we can watch. Years and years and years to Absolutely. come, and I, I can same. be, you know, a small part of that, like Cuba Gooding Jr. was in Coming to America, <laughs> sitting there getting his hair cut, not even saying nothing. I, I got Martin Luther King, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Martin Luther King, you know, Luther just sitting there getting a cut. You know, that'll be eight dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Word. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. It, it, and hopefully he get a bowl of soup like they did in the, what they say in the <laughs> <laughs> donations food donations donations and you're donating and speaking of you know it's a beautiful thing to be a part of that too yeah to yeah and speaking of like for for the screening that we're going to host a portion of the proceeds are going to be donated to uh, Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, their scholarship fund which goes to uh, high school seniors on Oahu. So okay. um, we always try to find ways to, especially when we do these private screenings and different events, we try to find ways to collaborate with other yeah. organizations. And, and yeah, and that. that's, that's a beautiful thing. If you are a black person that is looking to come to Hawaii or just a person looking to come to, to Hawaii, period, 
and you want to get in um, where you fit in with some some of my folk, mm-hmm. some some people of color. Yeah. You know, the Divine Nine Absolutely. is a good way to get in. Absolutely. You know? And we love doing work with them. And like, like I said, they, they've... The, the, the Divine Nine has supported Afro Aloha in so many mm-hmm. ways, and so we we definitely try to do as much work with them as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so December 9th, we're going to have our private screening of the Color Purple, and we will be honoring Stephen Hill there. Um, in addition to that, hopefully he doesn't bail on us, and no, he's I'm like, there. I'm too busy. I'm I got there. things to I'm do. I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> I just but, found out today that there's a... Uh, there's, I thought there's been so many screenings that I keep hearing about. Yeah, but and I thought the premiere already happened, but I hear there's, that it's yeah, the premiere coming. That I may, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm being invited. We'll see. You yeah, know what I'm saying? yeah. But yeah. you know, hopefully I can go there. But if not, I'm really looking forward to um to coming to On the see night. it here with some folks. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, hopefully they do invite you so you can be up on your purple carpet somewhere but you're not even worried about that but we you know whether i go or not it's just it's i've i had the experience Mm -hmm. and that is what it was supposed to be for me yeah i was supposed to be the fly on the wall i was supposed to be to come in do what i was supposed to do yeah those those scenes some of them pivotal scenes you know um and uh i was just i'm eternally grateful i did want to meet oprah i'm mad i didn't get to meet oprah you know what i'm <laughs> well, saying <you laughs> but i was and she was right i just you know i took it for granted i thought i don't think hawaii is too happy with oprah like, but we'll talk about that another yeah, time yeah i know but you know, <laughs> hawaii, hawaii be getting mad sometimes for everything but i will say oprah chill out that's gonna be another episode i know that's a whole nother you can bring me back and we can talk about that if you want to have that conversation but um you know uh it was like getting in, it, the invite to the cookout that mm. I haven't been at in mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. Because I've been in the middle of the ocean. Right. Somewhere. Yeah. Kind of forgotten about. Like, yeah. it's like, I'm like the castaway that comes back and they're like, whoa. Because of that? Steve. <laughs> what you doing? I thought you, I thought you was gone. You know, I'm like, you know, so. Um, yeah, you get forgotten about out here yeah, in the Pacific. Yeah, you do. You do. So it was like to be able to go to Atlanta, Savannah, Macon, um, and shoot that film was great. And, uh, you know, I took it for granted that I was, you know, going to be at the cookout, right? Yeah. And I remember one night I was in my hotel. I hadn't started filming yet, but I was in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make this quick. Uh, I was in the hotel, and everybody came in, and they went to, like, a room, like a little conference room mm-hmm. area, and they was partying up there. It was like, what's going right? on? Right. And I was like, I'm about to go up there and meet everybody because I can do that, right? right. I mean, I'm in the cast too. But then there were some younger actors that were asking me mm. what my experience was okay. being on a TV show. And I ended up just kind of ministering to them for the next hour. 45 minutes, an yeah. hour. You know what I'm saying? And then that dispersed. And I was like, ah, I'll just, I'll have that. This is what they do here cool i'll be yeah. there the next time and that was the only opportunity wow. i had to meet everybody yeah so i missed that opportunity but made an impact on. elsewhere with but these. i made an impact with exactly. somebody else again it ain't about you mm. you just gotta be a vessel and move the way god wants you to move i love that you know what i'm saying before we i, I this time has gone too fast but before we we leave i have one last question okay 
You know, we always hear about all of the stuff that happens in the industry and like behind the scenes. What's the most fucked up thing that has happened? Like, honestly, like something um, that, you know, you won't necessarily get shunned or blackballed for, but, you know, what you feel comfortable sharing. Um, people's public persona is not often what it is in real life, mm. right? They have mastered um, smiling for the camera yeah. and being what people want them to be, right? But they're not necessarily that at their core, right? Okay. Yeah. They haven't mastered that as a reality of who they really are, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, people can be nasty. Yeah. You know, it can just be nasty. But, um, you know, I've had to learn to... There's a woman that played my mom on the show, mm-hmm. um, Judith. She's an incredible actress. Um, but Judith said to me, not everybody's nervous system can handle what yours can. Mm. Right? Yeah. And she was like, literally, not everybody can pick up and carry the weight. And so I've had to let that go. Yeah. You know, and not take it personal. But, you know, it hurts when you see somebody that you look up to Mm. or you're like, you're proud of their career, right? You're like, yo, damn, I get to work with you. And then you introduce yourself and they completely ignore you or they, you know, they blow you off like you're nothing. You know what I'm saying? Um, That's like, put it like this. I don't really like meeting actresses anymore or, or, or actors. Yeah. You know, because you just don't never know what you're going to get. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but again, as long as you, as long as I stay in that place where I'm like, it ain't about me. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. That's really all that matters when it's all said and done. I love that. But I will say to any young aspiring actor, especially, uh, anyone of any age but i think in that 20 to teen and early 30 age if you get in this business just you know in in general be careful of any substances Mm. right yeah um have you stayed pretty clean during your career i have i've never even smoked weed really and i'm at this point now where i'm like I could probably do it. I don't know. I've, I've thought about ayahuasca and all, you mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those things. I know, but especially like, with that new blue uh, moon album, New Blue Sun. Oh, yeah. I, you know. <laughs> that blue had us all wanting to float off to that. flute land. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Andre 3000 had yeah. us all wanting you know, to be on some ayahuasca. I, I want the Zelda soundtrack <laughs> in my, you know, in my repertoire. But, you know, but I, I just, I just feel like, Watch out for that mm. because you just don't know where it can lead you. Yeah. And then it's like it may open up Pandora's box that you're not really, you can't handle. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it may seem all fun and games. Right. But is it all fun and games? And whoever introduced you to it, maybe now they're paranoid that they introduce you to it. Yeah. And now they don't want you on set. See, mm. So you got to be careful of what 
and how you navigate that. Because then if you say no, then you got to, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, but if you're strong in your own convictions, okay, everybody has to respect that. Yeah. Yeah. So what watch has, that hurdle. What? Sorry, watch that hurdle. Mm-hmm. Um, before we sign off, what has Hawaii taught you the most in your five years here? Um, that what I thought every I thought everybody knew about me and my culture is not what the world actually knows about me and my culture. Mm-hmm. So it's still my job to carry the torch for my culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um because people will take little bites and pieces of it and they won't understand the like where so I'm always teaching mm-hmm. right they don't understand where you know in HBCU you know earlier I yeah. was like that means historically black college and university yeah. you know what I mean it's not a, a HSBC that's a bank yeah we talk about HBCUs <laughs> you know what I'm saying so like just little things like that um uh when it comes to culture that you have to continue to learn your culture, yeah. but you have to also let people know your culture because they don't know. And things that you think that everybody knows, they don't know. Right. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, folks, thank you so much to Stephen Hill for joining us today. Tell the people how they can support not only your upcoming film, the color purple, um, but also your photography journey. How can we find you? What are the action items as far as how do um, we support what you got going on? I'm very, uh, 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 I don't really use Twitter very, very much, but mm-hmm. I'm on, uh, or X as they call it now. <laughs> um, but I'm on, um, Instagram a lot. Okay. What's your Instagram? Uh, Stephen Hill. Acts, it's the hardest word to say. A C T S, because it almost so- sounds like acts. <laughs> but um, S T E P H E N H I L L A C T S. Okay. And honestly, if you you know these algorithms and these 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 corporations, they this they turn the force it up or turn it down. Absolutely. Right. I'm on a show that gets millions of viewers and I have less than fifty thousand followers. That's not natural. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's an algorithm. That's a company going, we're going to turn this down on this positive, on specific on this people, brother though. over here. Yes. And we're going to turn it up on this twerking and all of that over here. Yeah. Right. So um, comments. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm really bad at responding to comments. Yeah. I mean, I got to respond more to yeah, comments. It's really tough. But people don't know. They think the people that are negative will type all day long. And the people that have something positive to say won't say a thing. Mm-hmm. And you'll get their positivity if you ha- if you just so happen to bump into them. Yep. Right? So um, if you want to support me or any other artist, actually just talk about it. Forward it. Yeah. You know, um, say something. Because those are the things that keep a show on the air. Those are the things that keep an actor working keep any artist working absolutely and it's one of the, the things that's going to keep this afro aloha podcast going because yeah. i'm the one that's producing and paying for it yeah. if 
motherfuckers are not commenting on it. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. They, they, can, they can consider it done. And it's hard. You know to what I'm saying? Because <laughs> like if, if I, I have to go off of the, I know that the art mm -hmm. itself is important. The storytelling is important. Mm -hmm. But if we are being really 100 and being real, there's still a production side and there's still a cost that comes with yeah. producing this and helping people share their stories. Mm -hmm. So engagement is important because it yeah. gives us a barometer really to say, okay, are, is this, is this impactful? Are people enjoying, are they enjoying it? Is this, mm -hmm. should we produce another season? So I, I completely agree with you in the sense comments of and follows. Yeah. Yeah. Comments, comment, follow, share, because again, yeah. it is one of the ways that, especially from um, a production aspect, whether or not something continues, mm -hmm. right. It, mm -hmm. It's based on how the people receive it and how they support it. And, the podcast is for, for example, the podcast is free to listen to, but mm -hmm. it's not free to produce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so when we do. And thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. No, thank you for coming on it. Like I, this you. is, like I said, this is new for me as far as, uh, you know, hosting a podcast, but because there are so many incredible people here in Hawaii, especially within this community. And I've had the opportunity to meet so many people. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was really important that I figure a way to share the stories of the people in this community. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this is the best I came up with. All right. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Steven. It's, it's nice a, to be seen. Yeah. I see you and we, we, we see what you're doing <laughs> and we see your purple and green and your black, your, yeah, your, yeah, wind, you know your windbreaker, you put your yeah. lay on. I you like know, it. You know, <laughs> you know, I took it back to the early nineties on y'all. <laughs> and we're gonna see you December 9th yeah, yeah. at the screening. Now I'm I done blew through this purple outfit. <laughs> no, you gonna wear now, it again. <laughs> now I gotta figure out something else to wear. Now I gotta go buy some more purple. You know what I'm saying? No, we gonna wear. You gonna wear it again? Yeah, That's all yeah. right. But uh, mahalo for signing in with us. I'm Amy Benson. This is Stephen Hill, and we are out.